family, we are in unprecedented times. People are hurting, crime is rising, and despite our best efforts, the church is becoming more and more polarized. We have the white church, the black church, Latino church, Asian church, etc., all with important interests, but the principal interest must always be the larger cause of Christ. Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. So if we're going to survive these uncertain times, it's vital that we deal boldly with the hindrances to our unity, and chief among them is race. When my children were small, I taught them to do four things when they hurt each other. Number one, admit their mistake. Number two, empathize with the pain they caused. Number three, find ways to make things right. And number four, move forward with their relationship. But each of these steps could only take place after a conversation. It's time for us to talk. Join me and leaders like Don Crow, Pastor John Jenkins, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, Gordon Robertson, and many others by signing the Statement of Change. Go to letstalklive.org. That's letstalklive.org. And we can make a difference together. Welcome to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, Senior Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Visit gracechurchva.org for this message and to find out more about how you can grow in Christ. We serve a big God, and we believe that His Word calls for us to live big. So our prayer is that this broadcast empowers you to live a life so big that it blesses everyone and everything around you. Let's get into the teaching. We are beginning today the first part in our Romans Road uh, series. Now, many of us that uh, are from a Baptist background, um, you know, when you were in Sunday school, your Sunday school teacher took you through a series called the Romans Road. And I think we've kind of gotten away from some of these fundamental principles that's really important that we return to them and touch uh, base to make sure uh, we're, we're, we're safe. And this series is, is super important because, um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at Scripture uh, based on the Roman road system. And, um, you know, it's mind boggling to, to think about the size of the ancient Roman Empire. At that point, it was the largest empire that had ever existed on the globe. At its height, uh, the, 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 the empire had about 1.9 million square miles. And, uh, you know, it, it, it served or had millions and millions and millions of people. But, you know, on the list of Rome's greatest achievements, Besides its aqueducts, its coliseums, its arches, were its roads. Uh, the Romans road, the, the Roman roads were unparalleled. I mean, they, there was nothing like this in history. You know, some places did have some roads, uh, but nothing was like the Roman roads. And the Romans road, the Ro- Roman roads were uniform. They were well constructed and they stretched incredibly uh, far. I mean, the, the, the roads were absolutely incredible. They, they were so well uh, uh, engineered that and uh, the Roman army could get about, they could travel about 20 miles a day. Now, I know that may not seem like a big deal to us because we have cars, etc. But back then, that was absolutely huge. They were able to outpace any uh, outside threat or internal 
uprising. I mean, the, the, the roads were expertly engineered. They were uh, extremely efficient. They were easy to navigate. And every road actually led back to Rome. And this is where we get the, the saying that all roads lead to Rome. And, and it was designed really so that no part of the kingdom could be isolated. Everything always led back to the capital, the capital city of Rome. So over the next few weeks, we're going to travel the Romans road and all the stops in, uh, on this, this road are going to come from the book of Romans. And this is why we're, we're reading it. Um, you know, again, as all roads lead to Rome, uh, all of the roads that we're going to travel are going to lead us back to redemption, which is the very heart and the capital of the gospel. So today we're going to actually begin in the gospels. But uh, uh, before we end, uh, we are going to, to, to get to that first stop on the Romans road. But it's at the very end of, of uh, uh, Jesus and Peter's experience that we're going to get to this first stop. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. It's important that we learn from this crowd. These uh, facts were written uh, for our edification to, to instruct us and to grow us. And, and I know how busy life can be, how crowded uh, life can become. And I know sometimes the press it takes to hear God's word. But just like you have to press through all of the different distractions today, folks had to press through, you know, what was needed on the farm, what was needed with their kids. And they put all of that aside and made sure they heard from Jesus. And, uh, you know, this week we had people that were trapped on 95 all night long in the freezing cold. Um, whole households uh, have experienced COVID. Power has been out for days. Store shelves are, are, are largely empty. Schools have been closed and, and the government is getting even more confused. And I didn't even know that was possible, but there's so much confusion in the air. But what's amazing is you've pressed through all that. And you're still here with me this morning. And I believe just as God treated this crowd and the disciples that pressed through their busyness and all that was going on to hear him, we will receive the same results. You know, sometimes we'll, we'll scream because of life. Sometimes we'll cry because of life. But no matter what you do, I want to encourage you, keep your head up. This too shall pass. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by Lake Gennesaret. Uh, so many people at this point wanted to hear Jesus. Jesus uh, was, was nearing the height of his popularity, and he immediately had to go into crisis management mode. And, and he had to come up with a creative solution uh, to the demands that were placed on him in, in real time. So this was not something that uh, Jesus already had figured out in real time. God had had to give him answers and he had to pivot and deal with situations. He wanted to probably just teach from the shore, but there were too many people. So he had to make adjustments. Likewise, today, there's a lot of things going on and you may have plans in your mind about how things should be and, and how you want things done, but we're going to have to learn like Jesus how to pivot. Um, but I also want you to see here, sometimes even when you're doing the right thing, pressure can come at you from every single 
angle. So Jesus is trying to preach the word, but then there's too many people, too many needs, and he has to figure out how to sort the things out. And, you know, we're pressed on the job. We're, we're pressed uh, sometimes uh, by our families, pressed some of us in our health at the moment. Uh, some of us are pressed in travel, on and on, and we're all kind of dealing with similar presses just like Jesus here and this crowd. But I want you to watch this. Jesus did not fall apart because he was being pressed. He stood there. The Bible said he stood there. He didn't, he didn't fall apart. He didn't fall down. He didn't start screaming. He stood there by the lake. And this is important. After you get your feet in the right place, all that's left for us to do is to stand. So Jesus stood there. A lot of stuff was going on. People were moving. People were complaining and lots of stuff. But he stood his ground and then God gives him uh, a solution to the situation. Verse two. And he saw two boats standing by the lake. Now, God always provides a way of escape. There's always an answer. Um, there's, there's, there's nothing God has never thought through. And yes, Jesus is the son of God, but he was also functioning as a human being. And as a human being, he had to think, he had the process. At times he got tired. Um, but what I want you to see here is the answer to our problems and, and our crises. Sometimes don't, they, they don't always just drop from heaven. We, we must open our eyes to look for it and to, to see it. So Jesus, he's in the midst of a crisis, too many people, too many needs. Um, they're all pulling on him. And what he does is he doesn't panic. He looks around for the solution. And I find in my life, the answers also often uh, involve, you know, uh, finding partners to cooperate with me and to help me. God has some people and has an answer. I just have to locate it and sometimes even just use my brain uh, to, to come up with a solution. Uh, but the fisherman, it said, had gone out of them. So he sees these two boats. Jesus, again, pressures on him. What's he going to do? What's the rabbi going to say, um, and he's looking around, okay, where, where God is the answer. And sometimes when you're in a crisis, look around, God, where is the answer? You know, you're, you're here somewhere, God, you, you already saw this. Where is the answer? So he spots these two boats, but he's, he's very observant and he, and he notices the situation of the fishermen, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Uh, this means that the fishermen were pretty much done fishing for the day. They kind of had their off-duty sign, if you will, on their Uber app. And if there was a taxi, you know, the taxi cab said off-duty. And, you know, I used to work at night, and uh, I know how hard it is to work at night and how tired you are in the morning. And despite the, this team's all-night fatigue, watch what happened next. Then Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Like, like many of us, these disciples were, were, were tired of us. Uh, you know, how many are a little tired of the pandemic and all that that's happening? I, I know I am tired of the confusion, um, uh, tired of differing opinions, uh, uh, despite what was all that was going on, in spite of their weariness, they let Jesus be the captain of their ship. And, and, you know, if I be frank, sometimes my tired even gets tired. That's how tired we can kind of get in these, these situations. But deep down inside, I know that I was built for this. Deep down inside, you know that you have been prepared for this. You have been built for this, that God will not send you into anything that he's not giving you the capacity to get to the other side of. You know, Genesis 1 and 2, this is, the, you know, the first two verses of the Bible are, are very, very, very powerful. It says, darkness covered the face of the deep and the spirit, watch this, was moving. 
And just because there's darkness doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is not moving. And just like he was moving uh, in the midst of the darkness in that first couple verses of our entire Bible, he is still moving today. And when God spoke, darkness could not overcome the light and he couldn't do it then and it won't do it now. And he sat down, this is what the Bible says, and taught the multitude from the boats. So it's not the size of your boat. It's not how shiny your boat is, the shape of your boat, or even the past success of your boat that really, really matters. If you let Jesus be the captain of your ship, if you let Jesus use your life or, or your possessions, what's within your control to bless others, it's just a matter of time before he does for you what he has done or what we're about to see that he does for these disciples. When he had stopped speaking, meaning he had used the boat, um, Peter had made his boat available. And, you know, you would kind of think Jesus would walk away and, and go on to next, but that's not what happens It says, when he had finished or stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a what? Catch. So, you know, God was was paying attention to Peter's need. Now, Peter didn't ask him for this. And what I find about God is when we get busy uh, just serving God, serving his purposes, trying to be a blessing to others, God begins to tend to, to our needs in ways that he would not otherwise. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. So the character and nature of God is revealed in how Jesus responds to this situation. God will not use you without rewarding you. Uh, sowing and reaping, as I said at the beginning, of the year. It's an incontrovertible incontrovertible, uh, principle. So you got to hang on to to hope. Uh, And I I think hope stands for uh, hold on, pain ends. And, and, And these guys were tired and they were frustrated, but hold on because pain ends. They fished all night. It didn't work, but hold on because pain ends. That, you know, Jesus and, you know, again, they're tired. You know what? Everybody in the boat probably didn't agree with what Peter did, but Peter let Jesus be the captain of the ship. Hold on because pain and make it through the night because joy comes in the morning. But what they had to do is make the boat available first, let Jesus guide and direct, and then when Jesus was done at the right season, they reaped. And again, just keep doing the right thing and in the right season, in due season, you will reap if you don't give up or give in. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all Night. In other words, Jesus retired and caught nothing. I tried it before and it didn't work. But here's the difference maker. This this next verse. Nevertheless, despite what I feel, despite what I think, despite, you know, uh, uh, conventional wisdom. Nevertheless, Jesus, at your word, I will let down the net. See, you don't have to be smart. You don't have to be tall. You don't even have to be physically strong. All you have to do to win is obey God and his word and let God figure out the rest. I'm not smart enough to figure all this out, but I am smart enough to do what God says. And, you know, he says, stand. And after doing all to stand, stand. He also says, rest in faith. He also says, cast your cares on me for I, I, I care for you. So, you know what? I can't figure it out, but, but I can't obey. And any of us, all of us can learn to obey like these weary fishermen. And when they had done this, when 
push comes to shove, it really doesn't matter what you feel. It matters what you do. And, you know, they felt a certain way. But what they felt didn't stop them from obeying Jesus. And the only reason I am here today, the only reason I'm still here doing what God's called me to do is because I didn't quit when I felt like it. And just because you feel like it doesn't give you a license to. These guys did not feel like it. They just washed their nets. They had a long night. But when Jesus asked them for something, they said yes. And then after Jesus used them for a while, he gave them more work to do. He said, launch out into the deep. You had to row into the deep. That takes work. They had to bring their, their clean nets into the deep. A whole uh, thing is, is, is going on here. Watch this, though. And when they had done this, now I sympathize uh, with how you feel because I feel the same way in, in, a, in a lot of respects. But it all boils down to what you do and not what you feel. If you, you quit too quickly, you'll live the rest of your life haunted by, by what, what could have happened with just one more push. But when they obeyed him, when they, you know, we, we've talked about this in the past, and you understand all the dynamics going on here. Jesus wasn't even a fisherman. He was a carpenter. You, you know all this. But when they listened to God, the voice of God in their lives, watch what happened. They caught a great number of fish, so much so that their net was what? Breaking. You see, we cannot create a net large enough to hold everything that God has for us. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the hearts and minds of men what God has prepared for those who love him. Your best plans, your, your greatest ideas do not compare to what God has for you if you would just trust him and obey him. So they signaled, verse seven, to their partners and the other boat to come to what? help them. Now, you know, this is where I want to encourage you. Just stay committed to the process. Keep, keep giving God your boat. And all these guys had was, it wasn't, it wasn't even a beautiful boat. It wasn't a yacht. It was a smelly, uh, bloody boat, but that was all they had. And when they gave Jesus what they had, Jesus did something marvelous with him. But, but, but here in this, this narrative, I want you to pay attention. Jesus did not only bless these men or, or Peter and those that were in his particular boat. They had to signal to their what? Partners, meaning God will do things that will not only impact you, but it will impact everyone connected to you. This is the way God operates. He's not just after you. He's after your family. He's not just after you. He's after people on your job. He's not just after this church. He, he's after our communities. And, and when God gets us, he consolidates it and, and he plans to enlarge that. So, so you're just kind of a beachhead, of, you know, within your family. God got you. So he's like, you know, I want to use you to get the next. But you got to do your job. You got to do the work of obeying God no matter what happens, no matter how tired, how frustrated, and how much it seems like, you know, it's not going to work because you tried last time. But if you listen to him, say, nevertheless, Lord, at your word, I will obey. You will find the results that we see in these passages of Scripture. And they came and filled, watch this, not just Peter's boat, both Boat. So I'm not just here trying to get blessed. I'm after a blessing that impacts me and you. I, I'm after a blessing that impacts this house and everyone in, in the DMV community. I'm after a blessing that impacts the DMV community, but also the whole nation. I am after so much more than just me. And I know you feel the same way, but Lord, start with me. That's okay. Start with me. But Lord, may it overflow to everyone else in my life. And they came uh, and filled both boats so that they began to what? 
sink. This is important. God will bless you so much that he will almost sink you trying to manage it. Now, I I know that sounds crazy, but this is exactly what happened. I've I've been here. Uh, The blessings of God um, can be so amazing that they can actually become scary. And we've gotten to this place, and watch what Peter's going to say, and actually we're getting to the first stop on the Roman's robe. Watch what he says in 8. When Peter saw it, saw the blessing, he fell down at Jesus's knees. Now the Bible teaches us that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Threats don't work. How many of you have children? Um, you know, threats only work as long as you're present. But as soon as you leave the room, uh, the threat doesn't work any longer. Fear only works as long as people are afraid. But, but what we know from God and what we know from the scripture, it's true love that lasts for a lifetime. A love will cause you to do things that fear would never cause you to do. So what, what God does is he shows us his goodness, gives us opportunity to fall in love with his character and his graciousness. And, 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 and he wants us to serve him out of gratitude, not just duty. I'm using terms today like obey. And you can hear that with the wrong lens. I obey God out of a sense of gratitude. God, I am so grateful because you've been so good to me. I can't help but serve. I can't help but give. I can't help but care. And, and it comes all out of uh, overflow. Of, of, of relationship. So when Peter saw it, verse 8, he fell down at Jesus' knees. Watch what he said. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. You see, Peter got a revelation of his sin. You would think that, you know, Jesus would have called him bad names or Jesus, you know, would have called him out of his name or, or, or Jesus would have put some type of sin on him. I'm sorry, not sin, some type of disease on him to, to teach him his own word. None of that happened. It was Jesus' goodness that causes him to repent. It was his goodness that, that caused him to get a revelation of how sinful he was. And, and if you don't have a revelation of your sin, you're really not ready for the road of, 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 of redemption. It's, it's only when we really realize, like Peter did here, our unworthiness, that we can really appreciate the magnitude of, of the gift that God offers uh, for, for all of us to, to, to go back to him. It's really until we grasp the depth of our sin that we'll never grasp the depth of God's redeeming love. He said, depart from me for I am what? A sinful man. In other words, he said, I, I knew all the doubts. I know what I was thinking about you in this boat. I was like, Carpenter, why don't you stick to your business? Why are you messing with my fish? We fished all night. We know these waters. What, what are you doing? He knew what he was thinking. He knew that he really didn't want to be in that boat. He knew that he was tired. He knew all those things going on, on the inside. But despite the, the awful things he was probably thinking, he's a fisherman. Fisherman, you know, if you ever been around fishermen, fishermen is something else. And, uh, you know, he, he was thinking some thoughts. And, um, but in spite of his thoughts, God blessed him. Jesus blessed him. And then when he saw the goodness of God, he's like, oh, my gosh, I am so wrong. Oh, God, you are so good. You know, I thought you were just trying to take advantage of me, just trying to use me like, like I heard other preachers do. But, but, but Rabbi, you, you, you are here ultimately to bless me. And then after you, 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 you use me, and, and you know, I'm, I'm okay with you using me. Um, you, you, you didn't leave un, until you made sure that me and my household were whole. And when he saw how good God was, it's like, man, I am sinful. I, I got this thing so wrong. I, 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 I am, I'm backwards, God. I'm a mess. I'm not worthy of what you did because I know what my attitude was. But the first road 
on the Roman road is understanding your sinfulness. Let's go to Romans 3 and 23. Let's get on the road. It says this. This is a verse worth memorizing. For all, meaning nobody is excluded. This is the preacher and the drug dealer, the stay-at-home mom and the stay-out-all-night dad. For all have sinned. We've all missed the mark. We have all fallen short. And the next clause, though, lets us know how much our sin mars and misshapes the human soul. You know, just like, you know, uh, people that play with fire and they get burnt. After they get burnt, they are marred forever. Uh, likewise, you play with uh, a snake and, and you, it's just a matter of time before you get bit and you swell. Um, the, the reality is when we mess with, with, with sin, it impacts us. It impacts our visage. How we look in the spiritual realm, it, it, it creates distance between us and God and God's purposes uh, for our lives. He says, for all have sinned and fall short of the image or the glory of God, meaning we don't look the way we supposed to. Sin distorts, sin contorts. If you've ever seen people that have uh, lived, um, obviously, you know, we all have sinful lives, but then there, there's certain behaviors that, that can really impact you, and, and it could put, you know, 20 years on you. You could be 40 and look like 60 because of the life you lived, you know, the needle uh, tracks up your arm, et cetera, et cetera. And, and sin has a way uh, of showing up in how we, we look, uh, not only physically, but really mostly spiritually. He says, for all have sinned and fall short of the what? Glory or the image of God. Um, you know, sin distorts everything God intended to originally be beautiful. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Rear. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to meet us online for vibrant worship and strong Bible teaching each Sunday and Wednesday on social media or gracechurchva.org. You can also tune in to the Live Big broadcast on television. So check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.